Life, the word is life. Podcast, welcome to the word is life. The word is life. Podcast, welcome to the word is life. The word is life. Podcast. Podcast, yeah. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the What Is Life podcast. Yes, it's your boy, your host, Sensei Spees in the building. Yes, Mr. Cronkite himself, back at you with season two, episode four. And today is a special episode because we are joined by someone who is near and dear to my heart. Someone who has loved me ever since I could ever remember Someone who is a mother, a grandmother, an auntie, a sister, just a godly woman. And out of all the people in this world that you want to play with, trust me, she is not one of them. Her wisdom, her presence here on this earth is not to be taken for granted. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my Aunt Gwenny, Gwendolyn Thomas. Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> Aunt Gwenny, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. So we're here in Dallas. This is a really big episode, special episode, because this is our first guest on the What Is Life podcast. Yay. <laughs> Yes. So, Aunt Gwenny, tell us a little bit about yourself. You don't want to go back there. You well, just... Um, just a little summary. Uh, Where are you from? I'm from Chicago, and I'm a college-educated Black woman. I'm a single mom. Now I'm a grandmother, and all is good with my world. Hmm. So there. <laughs> well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So, we're about to get into it today's episode. So, we're going to be talking about imparting school logic. And I'm with someone who has told me, <laughs> taught me that in this world, if they don't school you, they will fool you. Now, how did you come up with that? I didn't come up with that. My mom did. Mm. So this was from way back, way back logic that was imparted to her that if they don't get you one way, they're going to try to get you in another. So take the education that they give you and don't go and try to make it into something that it's not. Mm. So what do you mean by the education they give you? Do you mean like in school on the street, in the house where you're brought up in? I'm talking about the best education you're going to get really is survival, and that is in the street. Mm. I mean, those street people will really, they're PhD in what they know. That's their job. So they're going to get you. That's their hustle. So you'll take it with a grain of salt. But we try to take it at heart and face value. No proof, no anything. And we run with it. It's, it's just totally honest and true and, you know, the Bible. 
And it ain't like that, people. I'm sorry. So that's why I say they either going to fool you or they going to school you. They educate you. Mm. And, you know, so I, myself personally, I'm not a street person. Nah. But I know a lot of street people. So they try to impart their logic on me. And some of it I do take to heart. But some of it I do question. I question their motives because I don't know if they're trying to really use me or are they really genuinely genuinely there for me. So whenever I've so when I did start my own business, I did find myself gravitating more to the street characters, if you will. How does someone navigate through those waters if they're not from that world? You know, with the street people, they're just more colorful. Mm-hmm. They're going to hit you with the stuff you see on TV. You, I mean, they're the coolest. They're the flashiest. They're the jazz hands. Oh, my God. They got the big dollar bills that they dropping all over. You don't see the ones behind it, but you see them big 20s and, uh, you know, 50s and, and stuff, which is not me. I usually say shit and shit, but, you know, they going to do all this to get you to buy into their program. If you buy into it, come on with it. They're going to take you for everything you got. And then some. So, you know, they are stiller at what they know. They practice it. They know it. They know They know the key words that they see the, the light in your eyes when they say certain words. And they key in on it. I mean, you know, ain't, ain't nothing just be- more beautiful than watching a con man catch a mark it's just beautiful mm. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean you can't see nothing more pretty than this I mean <laughs> like you know that nigga got him going <laughs> I mean you can't do nothing but laugh at that he ain't got a quarter behind him but he got this man that's making 150,000 200,000 a year just got him just mesmerized by what he's saying. I'm saying, Jesus Christ, man. (laughs) You can't help but but applaud him. He knows his craft. He's on it. He's on it. You know, he knows it well, and that's his job. He don't need no PhD with it. He got it from the street. I mean, he gonna always survive. (laughs) Mm, That's real. So, <laughs> so, um, Gwenny, growing up for you, did you, were you in the house a lot? Were you outside a lot? Like, what, what was it like? I, I was inside. <clears throat> My mother did not believe in having her girls outside a lot. Now, what, yeah. what year was this around? Oh, God. Gotta go back. Late 50s, 60s. And that was really a turbulent time for black people and when I see the George Floyd movement now I think about the Emmett Till movement then and when you have lived that time and you see it replay again you see that how far black people have come 
and it it's just disheartening to me to see that we have not progressed as far as uh, some people would have you to believe. Some people have made the money. There are more millionaires or black millionaires, and I say more power to them. But, you know, it hasn't reached down to the black people that are, which we say marginalized. I mean, we we still don't have uh, uh, grocery stores in some of the undeserving neighborhoods or undeserving, I'm sorry, under um, the privileged neighborhoods. And we're waiting for somebody to give it to them. I'm just saying, how come we can't pool our money together, our resources, and get money, um, bowls of grocery stores together, and and have our own food, food marks, and this, that, and the other. I mean, black people have such buying powers. But you know, these are the things that I grew up with. I was educated in a Catholic school, went to a Catholic high school. I didn't go to a Catholic college. I wanted to learn commerce. Oh my, wow! So my, yeah. I'm gonna stop you there. So going to school, you went to Catholic school, like pretty much until college. Yes. Wow. Yes. I graduated from an all-girl Catholic high school, and the nuns they were strict on us, and they said, "I will never forget this." They echoed my mom, and they said that you know you might be the breadwinner of your family. So, you know, you got to make your mark now. You got to know what you're thinking. Make your sound decisions. You're going to go forward with it. I thought my calling was in international banking. I wanted to do that so badly, but in the age of, I don't know, segregation or blacks weren't allowed these types of uh, careers, I was slated to get a degree in a, and I became a social worker. Mm. Well, I used that and I used that for about what a week because social workers in Chicago, you starve, you are making no money. <laughs> so I said, okay. I also minored in mathematics and I was good with them numbers. Weren't you and, an accountant? Yeah. <laughs> boy, you cannot work for a bank. I worked for, um, I worked for the city of Chicago. I worked for the county. And in that time, I've learned both my degree and my knowledge of math have served me well. Because I have never listened to so much crying when I was uh, listening to the taxpayers of the county or having a staff. I had a staff in the city when I worked for the city and the county and the bank. I just... Used all my skills to get promoted. And I would tell those people, hey, I got a, a family to raise. Mm -hmm. If the job didn't uh, give me more money, I wasn't interested. You know, I, I don't want no title. I can't spend no title. I know my daughter was in Catholic school all of her life. And it was private. And it was expensive. So I had to make that money. So I went to Catholic school for two years, fourth and fifth grade. But I'm still friends with people who I went to school with from that time. Now, most of the kids from that Catholic school, once they got to high school, they didn't know how to act. It was just a total culture shock to them. You didn't experience that when you got to when you got out of school or when you're in college or were you just that aware of what was going on around you? Because 
I know that these kids, they were protected. They were coddled growing up. Please. <laughs> I didn't have that uh, protection. We were went to school there, but we were still back in the hood. You know, mm-hmm. after we took off our uniforms, hey, we were still those kids. And we knew who was doing what. You know, if you want to know what's going on with the neighborhood, you ain't got to you ain't got to ask the grown folks. Ask the kids; mm. they'll tell you. Mm. And you <laughs> and you give them a couple of pieces of candy. They they tell you about their mama, so they would tell you. So you know, it was just like we knew what was going on. So you you just stayed away from certain corners or certain uh, places, and you grew up. But, you know, these kids that are coddled, they don't know life. So they're out searching for that excitement of life. And life can give you just about too much excitement. Mm -hmm. It really can. And you don't want your kids searching for that. You don't. You just, you know, they might come into a scrape every now and again. But you don't want them to have that kind of excitement or searching for certain things that they don't need to get into. It's hard enough to be black in America mm-hmm. to 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 get that much excitement. Get excitement in your backyard drinking or smoking some weed or doing what you want to do. But you know what? When you hit them streets and you start drinking and doing weed and all other things, guess what? They going to come get you, not your buddy Ralph, Ralphie, who might be another peach, uh, or Sandra, who might be his man. They going to come get you. And my mother always told me that. They, they ain't looking at them. They looking at you. Mm-hmm. You are the element. You are the bad element. So, you know, you keep it cool. You keep it light. You keep it at home. You keep it at home. So, I had everything around my daughter, the entertainment was in the house. Mm. I, I was a single parent, but I had more slumber parties on the weekend. Some people didn't even want to come get their kids. I, I mean, I said, this must be a damn good time. I don't know why I'm missing it. But, you know, some of <laughs> these parents did not want to get their kids. And I would t- call them up and deliver them back home. And I said, you know, this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't want my kid to chase after that good time that was out there. And I I taught her, this might be a good time, but look at the ramifications behind it. As a kid, how do you expect them to react like that? Because I'm sure that your mother probably told you the same things as well. I didn't do it. Shit, it was simple as that. She said, now, if you get caught up in some stuff and the police take you down, forget my number. Forget my number because she had other kids to deal with. Forget my number because you were there by choice. You didn't have to be where you were. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know for myself, it was true. I, I worked it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew what the bad kids was like. You know, and it's usually for women, it's the cute ones are the bad ones. You mm-hmm. know, we're going to try to, you know, make them better. 
you know, I'm going to save you. Yeah. You lead them, you lead them in where you find them. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't make them whole if they broke. I'm sorry. You cannot make them whole. But what, what is women's fascination with that though? Trying to make a Because they think they can. And that's all TV. That's TV. I'm telling you, that's media. Y'all talking about social media? I'm 67 years old. Social media ain't came up with, I'm, you gonna make me whole, darling. I'm, I want your love to fix me. That's bull. That's so much bull. That was bull back in the day. I mean, you know, you, you can't fix them. Now, let me tell you one thing. A man might fall in love one good time, maybe two. I was about to say maybe two. Maybe two. I'm going to give you that. Maybe two. He will work and lay down for a woman. He will make sure she does without nothing. She just, he will bring it home. But if you ain't one of them two, you can forget it. Mm. I mean, he's just up there. You just a drink of water to him. Really? You are that common. That's you right. ain't even no beer. Mm-hmm. You just a drink of water. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Less than that. Less than that, but uh, you can't get no co- less common than water. Right, right. And you know what? That's because he wants some sex. Yeah. Once he gets that sex, you might as well scoot your ass out the door. Yeah. Because it ain't it. What, you still here? Look at the time. You know what? <laughs> I mean, you know, for real. And I, I, you know, I looked at people, and I, I, I can, I say, well, you know what? With me, it was either it boils down to keep them or get rid of them. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? He said he's all of this, and I, he he wants me, but he's got uh, boil it down, render it down, boil it down, and you either keep him or get rid of him. Now, if you keep him. You are going through so much hardship, so many crying nights, so many alone nights, so many, oh, but I think he loves me. Oh, So that leads me to my next question. Do you feel like some women are addicted to pain, like they love to hear themselves complaining about a man like that? Because why else would a woman stay with somebody that's, that is treated them just like a glass of water? Because she thinks she can emancipate him, make him better. Did you ever fall into that? Never. (laughs) Never. (laughs) I mean, shit, never. You know what? I was in love with my child. Mm -hmm. When I, I, I didn't, we didn't bond when she was born. But a couple weeks later, you know, she was mine. And how old were you when you I had? I was like 22. You know, everybody's popping at 22, and I'm a mom. You know, I was married when I was 19, and, you know, I went to the gym. You were 19? Don't look at me like that. I knew that. Yeah, I was married at 19. <laughs> and I'm thinking, shit, you know, this ain't going to work, but okay. But you but chose to wrote, write it out? I, I wrote it until I was uh, 20. Let's see, I left that I left him uh three years. My daughter's three years old. Mm-hmm. So um 
I knew that that wasn't going to work. That wasn't my life. Mm. I knew it. I but I wanted to get out of my mom's house. Right. So I got married at nineteen. We ha- we had fun in those two years, and uh, after that, uh, we didn't. And when it became when it came down to it, we had this baby, and he wanted to start swinging on me. And I didn't want her to grow up in a household because he wasn't that much bigger than me. And we would battle all over the living room. I mean, I'd pick up stuff, throw at him. And it was just, and I, I don't want that. She would jump when she heard something, you know, Man. outside, mm-hmm. a loud noise or something. I said, she ain't, she ain't buying the dad. So anyway, I left him, moved back home. And, you know, started from zero. Mm-hmm. I started from negative numbers, to tell you the truth. But I said, okay, it's going to get better. And it did, because I got better. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't say, I didn't say, you know, you gonna, uh, I'm going to be your salvation to any man. You know, if he, this is what he was presenting to me, at least I got a dinner out of it. Mm-hmm. And we got to be friends. And if we didn't get to be friends... Then so what? You just, you know, piece of roadkill. Mm. So, you know, you just had to go keep going. But, you know, women forget that there's somebody out there. There's a God. And he wants you to have somebody. And he wants you to have someone that he's got for you. And he might not be the nicest looking man in the world. And he not, you know, I think of the men that I passed up. There was this man that I... I know he was in love with me and he had some kind of uh, skin allergy and he had boils on his face. And, and But you know what? He, he was an IT back then. Mm. He was smart. Yeah. I know his wife took him to a dermatologist and got them boils fixed and living in on the Riviera somewhere or get to visit every other year. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I'm just saying. This man, I didn't, I, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. So I had to let him go. I couldn't get past him, boys. I couldn't drink hard enough. I couldn't get that drunk enough not to see them boys. So I had to let that go. Mm-hmm. But God had somebody for me. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he came later. But you know, I had to work. I had to, you know, I I had to work, and my I didn't lose my self respect. Mm-hmm. And I didn't let my friends take my self-respect from me by saying, oh, you going out with someone? Hey, ain't none of your business, okay? Right. I'm going to ride or die with this one, okay? Because he treats me nice. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I feel like a lot of women now, they fear what they what their friends will say about their man. Or and vice versa, men are afraid to date a woman just because of what their friends will say. Well, you know what my mama used to say: they ain't got to know all your business. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's a little chunky or can't don't look like uh, whoever is. Only thing I can think of now is Jennifer Lopez, but she's fifty one, but she's got to work at it because yeah. that's her business. Mm-hmm. But everybody ain't a size four, mm-hmm. or you know you. I would kind of tweak it at 14, but I'm I'm just saying that whoever makes you feel whole, you know, that's what we're missing. Your friend that you can have a really bad day and come 
a home or talk to them on the phone and tell them about it. And they won't say, you a sissy and or you some kind of weak individual, especially a man. They internalize that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're supposed to say, well, look, you know, look at it this way or give you a way so that you can feel good about reasoning because you get so caught up and well, what what will my friends say? First of all, if you're thinking about what your friends saying, you don't like that person in a, good enough in the first place. Yeah. If you're thinking about well, what what would my friends say? <laughs> like I mean, if that's your intentions going into it, right? That's you know, you you up. just you might as well bring it down, shut it off, get your sex, go home, yeah. and, and and you know, put a bag over her head and keep going. You know, it's just it ain't it is not what you think it is mm-hmm. because she is losing time with you because and she could be out there finding somebody for herself. Yeah, you know, the women just do very nefarious things to one another. They might say something bad and then out there chasing him themselves. Mm-hmm. I you believe know, that. I, bel- I think it. <laughs> I didn't think that, you know. I said, oh, okay, Sister Queen. I, <laughs> I, Sister Queen. But you know what? I can't even hate on it, though, because the competition for, like, finding your significant other is pretty intense. It is not. I think it is. Why do you think it is? Because nobody really wants to be alone, and everybody has that concept of, their ideal family right. situation, their ideal right. significant other. Okay. They want to have this man, this woman. But you don't think so, though? I think if you just wait on it, mm-hmm. it'll come. You might be in a line in a food pantry or someplace. Somebody gonna notice you if you manning your business and trying to do right. Somebody gonna notice you. A man will notice you. If you are in his environment enough that, you know, you spark a conversation, it might not be the, you know, the size of your bust or your behind or, mm-hmm. you know, the way you built. It might be the way you sound, mm-hmm. what you bring into the table. Mm-hmm. It might spark his mind and he won't give a damn about his friends or he will say to his friends, you taking a road north because I don't need your ass because, you know, I like her. Yeah. Now, how many people would say, you know what? I'm dating this chick because I like her. And I don't care what you think and you going to respect her. I'm you, bringing her around. I hear that very I rarely. mean, you know, you you supposed to be able to stay what you like. Yeah. If somebody, you would defend your pair of shoes, wouldn't you? I would. You would say, oh, I like these shoes. You don't like them? Don't look at them, man. That's <laughs> how that is. Just don't look at them. I like them and they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. So don't look at them. You, you won't say that about somebody you're dating? Mm. You know, come on. We're talking about another human being that's bringing something to the table. You know, just, you know, make you feel good about you. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. I mean, that's really what we're talking about. Your significant other, that person that, you know, you might get married and uh, come on. I mean, we all, you know, I don't know. Now, that's the truth, though, because now that I'm 28, I feel like every time I reach another birthday, I get a little wiser, just like a little drop in the bucket. 
So now, like when it comes to dating and relationships and things like that, usually, you know, I I guess I was superficial. I try to find the most beautiful woman and I try to, you know, date her. That's because I liked her too, obviously. But I found that it was one-sided. You know, I would be giving the woman all these compliments. And, he used to it. Yeah. And then me, what I don't get nothing in return. Well, you, you ain't doing nothing but adding water mm-hmm. and drops of water because yeah. you pull. Mm-hmm. So you add drops of water. She can be She said as buckets of water. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know, I know I'm fine. I'm know I'm this. I know yeah. my booty's fine and, uh-huh. and round and, and shit. So uh, I know all that. Okay. Uh, I you know you don't need to me. Yeah. You don't need me. Mm-hmm. You don't want me. We can't sit down and share a cup of coffee and just talk about things. Yeah. I mean you know a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You've traveled and you want somebody equally yoked quote unquote, mm-hmm. but you know, what is that? The beauty guy. She know that she's going to be beautiful. Everybody sees you. Know, oh, she just, you know, like my mama said, don't let somebody break you to the mirror. Mm-hmm. You know, she's going to break her neck, get to the mirror. You know, I'm beautiful. You know, face. I know I'm beautiful. Oh, you know, so what? What else? What else do you have? Mm-hmm. Tell me something else. Then, you know what? If you beautiful and you got all that, then you know, you don't need to be with me. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I ain't. I'm taking my pennies and go play some pennies. I'm about to penny stop. I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna leave the the blue chips to the big dog. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay the penny stock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> going to one that looks that's looking halfway decent, that's trying to keep a game up, going to school, trying, you know, there's a bunch of women that that in the IT that, you know, men just ignore. Mm. I'm saying damn. I don't know any women in IT. Are you kidding? I swear, I don't. You need to move to Dallas. All I know is you need to move to Dallas. Are you kidding? You are batting in the wrong field, my man. Hey, I'll put the bat down. I'm trying to tell you. I'm, you trying to get some bags, you know. But there are women in IT, women in all of the careers mm-hmm. that would want a man, mm-hmm. that would want someone that's trying to do or trying to forge a relationship with them. But the men are so, I shouldn't say superficial because no, you should, men, I, I was about to say, I shouldn't say it, I shouldn't say it. I'll say it for you, most men. Are visual. Yes. Men are visual. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I start when I'm talking to women and they say, I don't know why this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Men are visual. They want to see certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, and that piques their interest. Then you can get to the conversation. If you don't take pride, and I'm talking about women and men, if you don't take pride in yourself, you know, ain't nobody going to be bothered with you. Mm-hmm. You're going to be treated like the uh, 
Thursday night dates that, you know, right before Friday when the money come in and they get paid and they got the money to spend on somebody, you ain't going to get called. Mm -hmm. You going you know, you just, you just there. <laughs> okay. So it, 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 it behooves us to take pride in ourselves. You don't have to be the smallest person, but you ain't got to be big either. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not healthy. You know, I'm 67 and I take water aerobics every three times a week and then I walk. So, you know, I'm trying to keep myself together. But, you know, you just, you got to look nice. And the man will, won't be ashamed to take you around his friend. Because once you leave, them friends are going to roast his ass. Then, you know, they go. <laughs> I mean, talk about him until they blew in the face and they're going to laugh at him. And you gonna, don't get called no more. That's, that's the way that is. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> women need to take pride in themselves. They can outthink most men. So if you sit there and you got a guy that you like, you know, work out with him. You spend the time with him, mm -hmm. work out with him. You know, you, you can just be friends. You say, oh, I want to be friends, blah, 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 blah. And you, he, you, he doesn't know you have an ulterior motive. You have an ulterior motive. You like him. So, you know, he, and he'll be happy to, you know, get you, oh, okay, I'll work out with you. I'll walk with you. Or I'll jog with you or work out. He'll be happy with that. And then you get close to the guy. You know, you mm -hmm. get to be friends. And then, you know, you'll find out if he's worth anything. Yeah. Or, but anything, anyway, you tight, then you can go on to the next one. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> there's got to be a plan. Yeah. These women don't got no plan. They don't. I'm trying to tell you. It's they all visual now. Especially our guests for the women. They want to make themselves presentable. But the conversation is so whack, so lame with most of these women. That's what me... And my guy friends talk about most of the time. I'm just saying, you can get women that are truly, sometimes they just put what they know on the back burner so that the men, they have heard that th this is what men, to make them feel, you know, comfortable mm -hmm. with leading uh, the relationship, then they will put what they know on the back burner. But if you get into a friendship with someone, you know, just, and, and women, stay out of bed with these people. I know you got a throwback you can go to, to, to get your fix with. Cause, you know, I even had a throwback <laughs> in Chicago. So, but you know, it, it just, you don't have to have this man that you are planning your life with. So have a plan for you. We have to have a plan for us. We have to. That if we don't, we are a lost ball in high weeds. I'm sorry, but um. So when when did you know that you had to have a plan? I never had a plan. <laughs> I never decided. What well, once I got married the second time, uh, that lasted all of about three months. I said, okay, that ain't for me. Marriage is not for me. And I didn't get married again until I was 61, two. That's something to do. Mm -hmm. So we did that. But do you feel like marriage holds the same value as it did? Back? It should. Mm. 
Why they is should, that? especially for black people. Um, we it it first of all, it it should be because these people are going to have kids. So you know, it it's my uh, opinion that a kid needs a mother and father. A mother just can't do it. A mother can't raise her boys. I I had made a decision that. If my daughter was a boy, I would stay with her father. Mm. Yeah, I made this. I was planning my exit in a long time. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, and I only had one. So, uh, but uh, I thought it was God's gift that she was a girl. But uh, a girl, a a mother finds it difficult to raise a son. Mm. She will love him to death. And a man just won't do that. He will instill uh, any kind of... And, you know, mothers do that. They have raised boys, successful men. Yeah. And they put them in all kinds of programs and things like that. And, you know, I I had my daughter learn, uh, had that male influence by different friends that I respected. Mm-hmm. And they chimed in on her and took her places and things but I think if you're going to be married to somebody, married with the idea that this is my partner, we're going to partner. Mm-hmm. And if you short, I'm going to make up. If I'm short, you going to make up. And it's a yin and yang. And I, a lot of people have got to be that way. You're not going to be in love with them all the time. You know, you're not going to do that. I don't think you have to cheat. Yeah. Now with me, Cheating is one thing that would break. That means a whole different set of circumstances. You're going to go and find somebody better than me. You need to be with that person. But if you take your money and find somebody better than me, then that cuts all tasks. Yeah. we going to the judge then. Right. But it's, <laughs> that makes a lot of yes. sense. But it's, it's just different. It, I think marriage now means much more because there are so many outside influences on your family that should be yours. Yeah. You know, these things are, I I see my grandsons and I see my oldest grandson texting and I want to know we're we're having family time. Who you texting? You know, ain't nobody that important. Put that down. You know, there's a time and a place for everything. And you've got to be there to teach them that. So why wouldn't it be more as important? The world is getting stronger. The kids that the world raised, God help us. God help us. But he's the only one that can. You know, they're going to be out there. They're going to be street. They're going to be fly. They're going to have all the little bells and geegaws. And it doesn't have anything to do with money. It doesn't. Not it's all at all. For the clout. Yes, it's all for the clout. Now, know the kid's middle name. You know, you don't know your kids. What he like? Where you go? Who he's hanging out with? I knew all that. And I was a single parent with jobs. I had multiple jobs. Plus the net, the people I dated. You know, that was a full, I just had a full boatload of stuff. But she was my primary goal. 
and I was going to rear her the best I can. She had vacations every every year. She had it. Did you? So did you know that you were going to do this, or like you just acting off intuition? It happened. It wasn't no plan. <laughs> it was God's grace. It wasn't no plan to you know to happen. I happened to be somebody that liked me. That okay, we gonna do this thing. And when he got tired of me, okay. And then I was looking around for the next one, as you know. And or I was gonna get a part time job mm-hmm. or something. Always fell into it. And you can't tell me it wasn't God. You cannot tell me God. You know, somebody said, "Well, God don't he he don't make you harsh or, or put a." A gay do. <laughs> I mean, he, he makes it possible for you to pay them bills. Yeah. So you know what? God uses people. So all right, I, you know, I ain't gonna. I'm not going to uh, say that he did not influence it. But okay, mm-hmm. somebody thought I was cute. Yeah. And when he was finished and he was tired, then he went some. And I said tired, not tired. When he was tired. He went on back. That's mm-hmm. fine with me. Shut up. Looking on Barbara's next one. Gonna go on then. Well, okay. I wasn't married to anybody. Mm. And my home was stable. Mm. So, so do you feel, feel like, like having a kid, kid at a young age, do you feel like that helped you? Hell no, it didn't <laughs> help me. It didn't help me at all. It sounds like oh, you did, though. God, <laughs> no. Oh, shit. I remember you saying that you having Kim made a woman out of you. I had her because I had discussed it with her father. and Because I was going to have an abortion. Mm. I was $100 short. I'm keeping it real. Uh-huh. And my mother told me, have this baby. Wow. She will make your life. She will make you a woman. So your mother was still alive? My mother was still alive. She she didn't die until Kim was three. Wow. So I said, okay. I was a hundred dollars short. I cried I couldn't get that hundred dollars up. So Kim was born. No. I well she made me as ingenious as I was <laughs> because I would sit down and think about now how am I gonna pay these bills? Oh Lord. And trying to get through school. My ex husband did not want me to go through school. Mm. So he How come he wanted you just to be a stay at home mom? Did it hurt his Stay at home what what? <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please <laughs> He didn't want me to go to school. He mm. didn't want me to better myself. He didn't want me to be better than me. And he was stupid. Mm. You know, okay. he was. I would take him to school when she was a little older. I would take her to school in my in her pajamas. I said, "Come on!" It was Saturday. We all had class on the weekends. I would put her in her pajamas and a coat. And, and to put all her things, had a little lunch and shit. I was broke then. I, you know, I think, come on, let's go. We're going to go to school. Mommy's got to go to school. <laughs> so I took her. No, it did not make me bad. As a matter of fact, it was tough. Mm-hmm. It made me realize what I can do in life. And that's, uh, once you do that, I can do this. Yeah. Once I do that, I can do this. So it's a, it's a stepping stone. You know, it's like, I remember when she was... I got her letter that she was accepted 
and a preparatory school in Chicago. And my boss was saying, oh, she ain't going to get into it. She ain't going to make it. I laid that uh, letter in front of him. The parents were expected to pay $5,000 worth of, uh, they call it uh, fundraising. Mm-hmm. The, fa- the families just paid for it. I said, you're going to help me with this, brother. He started laughing. He said, every year. I said, thank you, Jesus. I had that to worry about. So he was... <laughs> You can't tell me God don't put people in your life. You I told him, boy, I know I shocked him. I know I shocked the shit out of him, but I laid her acceptance letter down, and I said, I know you're going to help me with this, brother. And he said, five grand for as long as she's in there, and she was in there too, buddy. Damn, that's a blessing. That is a blessing. You cannot tell me. And I walked out of his office. Said thank you <laughs> because he knew up and down. Oh no, she wasn't Josh. She ain't gonna get in there. She should. You should apply some place else, Mama. Man, it took me with great pleasure. Mm-hmm. I said, "Are you busy? Can I see you?" He said, "Good, come on in." And I laid that just right in front of him too. I just <laughs> and he smiled. Okay, that felt good. Oh, well, I mean, you know, especially because he doubted too. You you don't most mothers know when their child does something good and it's just surprises the world. Mm-hmm. And Kim was she invented the lazy. <laughs> I, I I I would say anybody now that she isn't she's extremely industrious now, but the, she invented it. And I, I yeah, would I say, can't see that now. Oh, I I can't <laughs> see it now, but I think about those days when. But she was lazy, but she she uh she, she tests well. Mm-hmm. She had a very high, high IQ, and so she just lazy about it. But when she got into that school, and I remember just having discussion with her that now once it was tough. And people that know Chicago know that there are not uh, fair with black people. This school wasn't fair with black people. But anyway, I said, for the first two years she was there, I was up there almost every day because they were just saying things. So, okay. Now, was she like the only black kid in the school? No, there was a cohort Mm. of them. And that the school systematically try to just get the rest of them to leave. Mm, Okay. So it was, I think about five of them, six of them made it out. And one's a doctor, one's a architect, a couple of accountants, but one's a lawyer. These are friends that were part of her cohort. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I'll beat your ass if you don't graduate. This is one degree you going to get. <laughs> because, you know, I feel I worked for this degree. Yeah. And some of those kids have ca- had cars better than mine. Mm. And I was just, I said, go ahead. I don't care. We still here. We are still here. And that's part of it. We are still here. We made, and you know, chitlins. Chitlins is chitlins. Now they're chitterlings. Yeah. I said, what? <laughs> They were chitlins all my life. Now they're chitterlings. <laughs> so I'm telling you, it just 
How, how you look at it? You know, <laughs> it might be funny, but I'm saying, God, I, you know, you you live and learn. Mm-hmm. But things are the same. Things, then you just look at things and you say, Wow, this this ain't you know, okay. But she got out and she went to DePaul, and I was making some money then, and I had met up with uh, contractors and I was doing their books and doing all kinds of things that she was going. She had an apartment down on 8th and State. She lived in the dorm. She, I mean, she did it. I was hood. Yeah. I was putting her through that and mm-hmm. I was thinking, my God, when are you going to graduate? I even helped her with her grad degree. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she got a CPA. You know, it, it wasn't hard, but... It was the people that God put in my life. I wouldn't choose these people. You know, I didn't know nothing about them. So, you know, the people that I did know, the people that were on my level, I left them in the dust. And you telling me women didn't come out? You don't need to be going. You don't need. Why are you doing that? I said, later for you, I got a pot. I have money in my bank. That's what's talking to me. I ain't running after that calm ed man or the people's gas man saying, I can't afford to pay you this month. Can you put me on the extended payment plan? Okay, that ain't me. I'm paying them. And that gave me such a sense of accomplishment. You know, I had my own house. I had my own house when I was 28. I, I kept it. I had various houses (laughs) since then. But you know what? I had never bought a house with a husband. Mm. I never knew Never. Ever. I I thought you had your first house at 26. I did with Sandy. Yeah. Yeah, my sister's the only one that I trust. We got it together. We needed a place to live. So that's what we did. We fixed it up so well. We bought it. We sold it for $150,000 more than we paid for it. I just think that is so powerful to do I, as well as you back then. Because I said, I was looking out the window one day, and somebody was playing ball in front of our window, and we had big, pretty picture windows. Had them for years. And I said, and somebody else was, I looked up the street, and somebody was sitting on the mailbox. And I told my sister, I said, you know what? The neighborhood is changing. We better sell. Mm. And we sold. Mm. So, you know, I, shit. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, we didn't play with the money. The right. money was, no, we got to go. <laughs> 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 but, you know, women know these things, but they don't trust themselves. Why is that, do you think? I, I don't know. I think it's because... Do you think women are insecure? It's because they don't have... Do most women not have a male figure in their life to make them feel a source or a sense of empowerment? Or, like, what is it? I don't know. If it, if it, if it's that, I didn't have a male figure in my life. Yeah. I just... Uh, I don't know what it is about these... You know, I... Yeah. I just think they're so lost sometimes. I think that they don't know their own power. They don't know that, you know, they are so afraid of being alone that they will settle for anything. Yeah. And it's so sad to see. You know, it's just like, 
you know this nigga ain't for you. And I'm talking white folks too. You know this person ain't for you. Ain't no such thing as struggle love. That's, that's, you talking about something that's farce. That is the biggest bullshit I've ever heard in my life. There ain't nothing that connected to love that you got to struggle with. Ain't n- nobody that you got to pull up or make sure you're there or you living out of your bank account. That's, no, you ain't, I don't care how good. My, my second husband, I'm going, mm-hmm. my second husband was the best lay I ever had. Mm-hmm. Best, 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 best. This man could have been a Chippendale. He was beautiful <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. He was beautiful. Everything. <laughs> that lasted for three months in the marriage. I said, my God, I woke up. Did you feel like you were bamboozled? Like, why, what made you even want to get into relationship just because of this? Yeah, shit, yeah. I thought that, I thought that end was just alpha and omega. It just, he, he, he had every number I had. He had it so, and he hid it. In a sense, you were digmatized. I mean, I was totally. <laughs> times two. <laughs> Totally, I, 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 but it don't last long. I'm telling you, it don't last long. It don't last long. Man, lasted for three months. I said, "Ain't How long were y'all dating before that? Two years. Dang. We broke up. <laughs> shit, Jeez. I missed that. I said, "Shit, I ain't get that back. <laughs> got it back. Got married. Three months. Man." You know, I didn't look back. It was like, like I guess it's COVID. Shit. You know, it's either going to kill you or kill you. Or you can't get it again. So we you know. Yeah, that was a great analogy on the spot right there. I mean, that, I mean, that COVID will take your ass out of here. You know. I think, oh, shit, no. Uh-uh. But you know what? Three months. Three months. So I'm going how long did it take you to finish college? Like, how long were you going Eight to school? years. Man. Did you hear that? Yeah. Eight years. As a I had to. As a <laughs> Let me tell you. How difficult was that? Or was it, was it easy? Or not easy, but you know. It, they changed the program twice before I finished. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> I was determined to get that damn degree mm-hmm. because one of the things that when I interviewed for jobs that I knew I was qualified for, they would say, what school did you graduate from? What college did you graduate from? They never said, what college did you go to? Mm. They they would ask me, what college did you graduate from? You know, whenever I get interviewed, I've never had that a question. Is that on your resume? The college you, mm-hmm. thank you. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I didn't, and it occurred to me how valuable that degree was. I had a degree in social work, and I wanted a degree in banking, and I could not change the requirements of it. I, I had a kid then. My life was totally what it was. I had uh, another mother who she 
ran a, a program that I worked for at the bank and at the city of Chicago. She transferred me to this the city of Chicago with her and she helped me get my degree. She made it so that they paid for it. Mm. And I graduated and that's why I can say, you know, I graduated from Roosevelt University and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I, I did it. Yeah. So now when somebody asked me, but, you know, I would not have been able to have the pension that I have now or had the, um, the responsibilities and encountered the things that I encountered without that degree. Because mm. that was really the best way that they had of free, freezing us out at the time. Now they think of other ways, but, you know, at the time, that was yeah. that. You so know, how old were you when you got your degree? Shit. Uh, in my 30s. I started when wow. I was 18. Man. You telling. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about I was a determined bitch, boy. Yeah. <laughs> you you talking about uh, <laughs> taking a class every other year. <laughs> boy yeah I was it was a barrier Mm -hmm. it was a barrier that had to break I didn't have the money for the classes it was it took her this is God you talking about God works through people Mm -hmm. this is nothing but his grace and as irreverent as I sound I know I'm a child of God because he protected me from some stuff that I shouldn't have been able. I should be on the ID channel. But, you know, (laughs) she made it possible for me to get that degree. Mm -hmm. I ain't looked back. I have not looked back. Yeah. So after you got the degree, what happens next? Where do you go to work? Uh, how, I, how many jobs, jobs have you had throughout your life? Oh God, do we have to go through that? Nah. Uh, I had uh, I worked for a bank that's non-existent now, mm-hmm. but it became it was it's it's similar to the Northern Trust in Chicago. I worked for them, and then that's why I met the the woman that gave me the opportunity. I worked when Northern Trust. I became a, a manager at Northern Trust, or it's bank similar to it. Mm-hmm. And then she saw my work ethic, because I would work. And, you know, if I had to work on the weekends, I would bring my daughter with me. Mm-hmm. And I would bring a little plug-in TV, uh-huh. and she would sit there and do her thing, and I would work. And then we would go have a little lunch and come home on the air. But, you know, she saw that and she offered me the opportunity to go with her, city of Chicago, and she said I would need my degree and how far away from it. Well, I was the oldest junior on the books, and I'm telling you, <laughs> I told her, you know, they didn't change this program twice. And uh, she said, okay, just go for it. And the money was there, and I got my degree. Mm. So I've had really three jobs, 
three main jobs. Uh, I was a real estate agent for a couple of years. I was my I worked with my daughter for her company. I worked part time at an accounting company. Uh, I was a, a bookkeeper, biller, person that issued the bills, invoices for a group of account uh, contractors. That's how I know the contractors I know, and that led me into buying real estate mm. of my own, buying them and selling them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you know, God, he he. You know, you, you ain't got to sell your ass all the time. You 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 got to get smart some of the time. So you, you once you get smart, you don't have to sell your ass. You just go on and get smart and start working your head off. You know, but God made it possible for me to do these things because I was diligent and I trusted Him. Yeah. You know, when I when it I met somebody, I I met people that was so I mean. Fine guys. I'm talking about Ruth. Just Shamar, what's his name? Whatever he is. Shamar oh God, he <laughs> is absolutely breathtaking. I met guys like that back in the day. And I used to tell them, you know what, you you fine. I know you fine. Oh God, even your sweat is fine. <laughs> I can't handle you. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna let you go. I Damn. know I can't handle you. Damn. I mean it. I knew I could. I mean, shit, I could. I could not handle that. And you know what? No I didn't, job I didn't care what it was. Whatever I could not handle, I could not keep. Damn. So I didn't. I didn't like to go. It's like guys going to the, the club just to look at some shit. I want some shit to take home and keep. I want to just pet it. I want to <laughs> keep it. So you know what? When they that they and they fine. I said, you know what? Your ass too tough for me. I'm going to go, and I'm going to go home. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get my, my chicken and go home. Shit, that's like, okay, you know, go get some throwbacks from somewhere. Ain't nobody going to catch him. I can give him a call. We'll settle for that. And get treated like a dog. But this man's fine. I'm going to stay. What you get? I'm talking, talking about, about like, like what do you get? I what do you have? I don't know. At, at, at the end of the day, we talking about the end of the day, lady. Mm-hmm. Because you know what, women have a finite number of catching people. You lose your due. Like I, you know, women are young. Women are dewy looking. They don't have need the soft focus on the camera and shit. Mm-hmm. They come naturally dewy. <laughs> right. You know, the older the woman get, the more soft focus and distance you gotta get that camera. Yeah. And see, when you with the wrong man, he gets your due. Mm. That's gonna be gone. Mm. Because you're gonna look old and tired. Because you're gonna be tired. I didn't say tired. Yeah. You're gonna be tired because you're gonna wonder. How come I can't keep that man? He ain't for you. Mm. He going to use you. Mm. He, he ain't got nothing else to do. He might call you. He might even tell you, you know I love you. You know that's a lie, but you like the head. But, you know, that's why. And so, 20 years later, 
he all still looking good because he ain't grayed up a little bit. <laughs> you know, got that little fine wavy hair. I don't know what Shamar Moore gonna do, but he's got, ooh, he got that body and he just look good. He gonna say, and you old crap and still ain't got no body. Mm. So what you got? Nothing. Nothing. You gonna end up by, you got a bunch of girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I say, girl, you know, you got he's cute. when he when's he coming over? He ain't got shit. You ain't got you look at it at the end of the day. You got a hot water bottle in your bed. Or oh no, a blanket or a heat pad. <laughs> a bl- a heat blanket. You ain't got nothing. So I'm going. As far as the educational system, um, you know, scholastically, has it changed, do you think, over the years? Uh, As you see your grandkids in school? I know that with my child and even when I was in school, that the education, the educational system was what you made it. If you were smart and you like to read, I mean, you can be poor and travel to other places by books. And now you have the internet and you can visit the Louvre in Paris and see different things that you couldn't afford to see. But with that at your disposal, I think that it's, the educational system is better now, but poor schools are still poor schools, but there are so many parents that demand other things from their children that they put, they travel and they show them things and they invite them to learn, be curious about things, make things an adventure, go out and do things. You know, that it doesn't take a million dollars for a family to do that. Mm. You know, the educational system is a turd unless you got a lot of money. But if you had a lot of money, your kids would be in a much better system, but they would base that off of where you traveled. Mm. Where have you been? I mean, I know kids that uh, have been on safari and I'm thinking, man, wow, that's, um, I, I still asked, want to do that. Yeah, I asked my grandsons, would you like to go on safari? They said, no. What? I want to play hoops in my backyard. <laughs> they got a pool and a basketball court, and they, and they are happy. They don't want to travel. So I'm just saying, you'll grow out of it. But they're satisfied now. But, you know, people that have money can expose their kids to different things. And education has a lot to do with exposure. Mm. So, you know. It's what you make it. You don't need a lot of money. Mm-mm. You know. I know growing up for me, being born in Japan, I felt like my life still to this day is an adventure. Your life is an adventure. You really have had many lives. Yeah. A, a lot of experiences. And you know that should shape the way you think about things. You've traveled to different, even if it's different states. You've seen how people live. You know, I used to tell my daughter, you know, you can uh, do it on the cheap 
or doing with some money in your pocket. And that's why she got to be an account because <laughs> she liked to party with money. And I said, well, you, uh, ain't nobody going to always treat you. You should have your own money. So that's, that's why she is what she is. She got her own money. She got her own thing. But I was always good at just going out and doing it on my own, educating myself or just wandering through the museums of the city of Chicago. I, I didn't know that there was, yeah, I didn't know that there was so many museums. They, oh, it's, it's a fascinating place. And that's what's missing that a lot of people from the lower economics of any city uh, haven't ventured out into that city to learn, you know, uh, on a they lie their lives are just in that one mile and they don't go outside of that one mile unless they go in the court or something but you know there is the other part of the city but that one mile they're comfortable in but I, I was telling that education lets you be comfortable wherever you are you know you are still you no matter what you do you are who you are you know, and you should be comfortable whatever environment you're in. You know, and that's what I wanted for my kids and, you know, my grandkids especially because they're boys. And what's going on now, and it's now that you can see it and it's recorded and it's all being played on TV, I think of a lot of black lives that people weren't lying when they said police did that or, you know, they did so-and-so to me and, you know... Yeah, because I hear people from your generation saying, this has been going on. It's just finally now. Being shown. They had to see it. Mm -hmm. You know, I know my mom didn't let us go on a cross-country road trip because it was very detrimental for blacks to travel on the road and be bothered with uh, having harassment from the police in the different counties that they went through. You know, they would do things in a caravan mm. that, you know, you if you did something for one, you had to do it to all of us, that type of thing. And she and I heard I hear pe- people talking about they, their family and their road trips. And I, I didn't say anything or I don't say anything because they don't want to hear that. <laughs> you know, they don't want to hear they they don't want to hear. No, you know, and I'm sorry, they're white people, too. So that's why I'm just. Yeah, OK. So in the world of the information age, because that's what we're in with all this technology and the internet, do you feel like people are, I guess, more ignorant? Or do you feel like this generation is smarter than ones of the past? How do you feel about that? I think people trust certain people to tell them things. And once they hear it from that person or they don't look to see the other man's argument or the, on the other side of that, you know, they only get that tip of that iceberg and they're just formulating this opinion and they get worked up and that, that resulted in the Capitol riots. They were just so worked up. And then you saw, you know, just mayhem but did nobody get shot? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
You, I mean, they took this to, and you talk about the house. They took it to the house <laughs> and did nobody get shot. But, you know, I'm just saying, you know, but most people, they get worked up and, you know, they don't look at the other side of the issue. There isn't, you know, there's right and wrong. And sometimes it's a little gray, but you know what? There is always some right and always some wrong in something. And you got to come to an agreement or compromise or say, you know what, for the good of. But, you know, people aren't willing to do that now. Mm. They're willing to, you know, they balls to the wall. I'm going to get you to, or you're going to die. And, you know, it's like, shit, okay. So it hasn't always been like that? Uh, No, it hasn't. Mm. It has not always been that way. I remember going to dances and things and people would fight. But everybody got up the next morning and had breakfast and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's shooting because somebody said bump into you or going, you know, just going crazy. And I'm thinking, my God, you can't even go out and have a good time without, you know, knowing where the exits are because you don't know when somebody's going to get upset or somebody's deranged, or somebody's something, you know. And don't think about the government's going to protect you with gun laws, because when they didn't kill those kids in Sandy Hook, I, I said, they ain't going to ever do anything about gun laws in the United States. Mm-mm. They're never going to do it. So, okay. Long to live with it, learn to protect yourself. But, you know, you, don't, you know how to party, and then you know when things get... The, the currents change. And I used to tell this to my daughter. I said, you can tell when the current's changing. Because mm. I would look at and go to a bar. And That's I would see the different people that would come in that bar. And I was laughing and dancing and stuff. I said, okay, time to go. I knew the currents have changed. Mm-hmm. And I heard the next day, you know, so-and-so and such-and-such happened at that bar. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know that. I was, I was gone, girl. So, you know. Well, what it, was it? It was just how they looked. The energy was, they gave the off. energy and the bravado. Mm. Just uh, even the women, just like, you know, tough and, you know, don't touch me. And you you. It's, it's, it was it was not fair to have a good time, right? Because as an outsider, I didn't grow up in Chicago, obviously. Okay, but from everything that I've watched, from like all the history shows and things like that, from my perspective, it seems like Chicago was built off of violence, gang culture, drugs, mob mob style type of. Might have been. I didn't see that in my neighborhood. <laughs> in my neighborhood, it might have been there. You know, because when you when you hear the name Al Capone, or you think of Chicago. I think I that's the first person I think of. Al Capone dealt with white folks. Yeah. You know, only thing he did was traffic drugs. Mm-hmm. But black black people had their gangsters and they ran numbers and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. They still had, but it was uh, even the poorer blacks were part of it but they weren't just inundated with it mm. you know it was like you didn't do certain things you know not to go there because they were doing thus and so it, it's been prostitution forever it's been drugs forever mm-hmm. you know what happened with drugs is when they got to be cracked that's when it was in the black community and things went haywire mm. 
you know, they got now they got the street or then they got the street peddlers. You knew where not to go. You knew where not to drive. You know, I was driving down one uh, street that I owned property and some uh, boys were stopped the cars. They were just stand, sitting there conversing. This line of cars were behind them. Didn't nobody honk their horn. You would have got shot. <laughs> Shit, you wouldn't go. No. <laughs> and note to self, I sold that property mm. after that night. So, you know, certain things you did, certain things you, certain places you went. And you know what? You used to be able to go to the north side. The cover charge was $100 and the riffraff didn't come. Well, you know what? The money got good for the riffraff. They started coming. Things got dicier. Then you just went someplace else. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, you 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 learned how to party at home, or you had, and a lot of times people have a good party. Everybody start coming in. Some people that shouldn't be there come in. Shoot up your party. Mm. So you know what are you gonna do? Where you gonna move your kids? You know. Do you think, so, like, when I hear your story, it sounds like you had a lot of mentors, a lot of people guiding you, or th- not a lot of people, but they just came into your life at, I guess, right time. when you needed them, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the only mentors I have is my family, so, like, you, Gwenny, Gene, my dad. Do you feel like the lack of mentorship in society now I, is detrimental to I think people up? have more mentors they just aren't receptive to the message because mm. some some of what I say is very harsh mm-hmm. you know I'll let you do what you know I'll say shit you know that ain't gonna work you know what why are you fooling you gotta get your ass a job <laughs> <laughs> then you can you know surf the waves you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. but until you got a steady income from wherever mm-hmm. you know let it be legal don't let it be illegal cause I can't come see you in jail let it be legal and get yourself with a foothold in America then you will see how you... Pro- it's going to be a little bit longer than the, your friends or somebody else, but it's going to be yours. Mm. And then you're going to get your house. And then you can get other things. But you're going to be blessed by God, I'm telling you. You got to listen. Just learn to listen. And you got wisdom coming from you from everywhere. But a lot of kids, a lot of young people, a lot of people, a lot of old people, they just don't want to... They think their way is the best way. I know I can be stubborn at times. Too. Yeah, but you be stubborn and stupid. <laughs> I know I'm stubborn too. Shit, I can be stubborn and stupid. But you know what? I ain't going to shoot myself. Yeah. You know, I ain't going to go. I said, you know what? I can get up off this bed and go get my uh, overtime so I can get make more money to feed my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I'm not going to do that. But, you know, it's like I am extremely stubborn. I invented it. You know, I I see that in my grandson. He's stubborn. But, you know, right now I'm able to whoop him. But, (laughs) you know, don't be stupid. Don't try to out-stubborn me. So, but it's part of being black. You have to be stubborn and entrenched in your beliefs. But some ways are just, you got to go that way. I mean, God, you have to go that way. 
and you pray that this is the right way. And he will bless you. Because you know what? God will make everything open for you. Everything open for you. I found out in my job at the county that uh, the white people were making, what, 50, no, like 75, no, let's say, let's do it conservatively, $35,000 more than me. I said, okay. I went to the boss. I said, okay, I want to be transferred. I was a good analyst. I wanted to be an analyst. They would still make good money then, and I could retire then on that money. I said, I want to be that. I don't want to be a manager anymore because I'm not being paid as a manager. He said, really? Well, how come you want to be, well, an analyst? I said, yep. Because, you know, you ain't, you're not treating me right. So, ain't, ain't no use me yelling at you about what you're going to do. This is yours. Mm -hmm. You know, but I was good at that. I got commendations for that. Mm -hmm. So, I want to go back doing that. Yeah. And I will get my money. He sat down and thought about it. He said, okay, I'll think about it. Let you know. So, a couple of days later, he says, okay. You are due a title increase and all this other stuff. I said, oh, thank you. So anyway, he got fired. But another white boy in there. Okay. I got to know. He's cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> he don't see color. Right. He's a young man, strong in IT, but that's another story. I know he got somebody he know. But anyway, he made me a director and he's and the black boy didn't want to sign off on it i knew that but okay he it was his call yeah i i I shined for him i stayed late came early i shined for him yeah i made it i made it where and it the the uh the uh, file clerks and stuff, they liked me. I used to buy them donuts and coffee and stuff. Man. So I, they really liked me. Yeah, I like, they like me. If ever you want somebody to like you, you want somebody that's been there long and know where the bodies are buried. They liked me. Mm-hmm. And so they helped me do my job. And I was just, oh, I got, I got enough to retire on comfortably. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's like, God put people in your way to help you, to maneuver you. You know, just somebody always got something to tell you, whether you take it or not, okay. But God is the last word. He really is. Like I'm telling you about these women that, you know, want Shamar Moore. Okay. Well, Dudley Moore might be around the corner, (laughs) but he's taking you out to dinner. Mm -hmm. He wants to go to different places with you. He wants to treat you. Treat you. No work. Mm -hmm. He just wants you happy. Yeah. Shamar Moore, Dudley. Shamar Moore, Dudley. Which one would you think I fit? Dudley. Me and Dudley (laughs) would be married 20 years. (laughs) You know? I mean, really. <laughs> and forget my girlfriends. They, I, girl, uh, nope. I don't, I don't fight that fight. You see, I don't fight it. I don't, I ain't got time for that. So, later. Like, what? Like, when, 
one thing I've always admired about you is how you always you're not afraid to speak up for yourself. Like with even at your jobs, like what I'm learning right now, when you go up to your bosses and you're like, "Yo, I want to be paid this and that," or "I want to be transferred." Oh, here and I there. never told them that. Oh. I I would tell them I just want to be. It was a step down, mm. but what the highest ranking for the what we did was set the value mm. for the real estate. Okay. And then they would tax it. And I was one of the better analysts that they had. So I was making, you know, top money stuff. So I got a little bit when I transferred over. I thought before you said you were making 35000 No, what? they were. That, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. And so when the white boy got it, he got that bump. I got it. I got a cough. Mm. I didn't get a bump. I yeah. got a cough. So, you know... Okay. So then I found out that he got that thirty five thousand dollars more. So anyway, I didn't go in there and say, I won't so I want you to give me I wanna go back to where I was so I can make some money. Mm-hmm. And that was still ten thousand dollars less than that thirty five thousand. But I'm still up there. Yeah, I'm still, still more there. than what that I was making. And he looked at me, I said, This is simple math, but I am not telling you I want that raise. I'm telling you, transfer me. Mm. Because they will have to put me up with that salary. And he sat there and looked at me. I said, shit, you know, transfer me. And I knew the the manager that handled that division would want me back. Because mm. I wouldn't talk to her. <laughs> so I said, you know, it's okay. I'm not hurt. I don't need that title. I got a family to support. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to do this. So when, I guess, like, when you know what your priorities are, My I guess family. you got like, you got a extra set of, or not even confidence, it's just, it is what it is at that point. Rubber meeting the road, darling. Rubber meeting the road. <laughs> I mean, they always tell you, when that rubber meet that road, you got to ride on it or die. It's just one or the other. Mm. And I wanted my kid to be able to eat. I wanted what I wanted what they were giving their kid. I can give my kid. I, I just told him. He says, "Yeah, you're right." I said, "You know that's wrong, but I don't." I, that's the way you guys play it. Yeah. I didn't say he played it. Yeah. I said, "You guys, I want to go back over there so I can make more money to support my family. I'm single. I'm a single parent." I'm a black single parent, so you know, still making less than they are, but mm-hmm. it's more than what I was making. Right. So he says that's not. I said, yeah, that's ass backward, ain't it? But okay. And I, I talked to the other manager. She wants me back and willing to give me that increase. I'm I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Sign the papers. Mm-hmm. He said, okay, I'll see you. We'll we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, Aunt Gwenny, what are some life lessons that you've learned that still you still adhere to today? Trusting God. Mm. Do your best. Mm-hmm. Get off your ass mm. and work your shit. You know what you're good at. You know what you ain't good at. If you want this, go get it. If it just ain't for you, it just ain't for you. You got to realize that. 
what is might be a hobby, whatever. You just say, okay, all right, I'll get that later. It's not right now. Right now ain't 20 years from now. It's right now. This will change. It's changed already. It's going to change in five minutes, five hours. I used to tell my daughter, give it five years. It won't matter. You buy a pair of shoes. Oh, God, they look wonderful now. A new model coming out next year. They already designing it. You know, when you hear that, it really puts it into perspective. It does. Ain't nothing. You know, but you know what? Tick, tick, tick. It's running out. Yeah. You know, God makes sure that I, shit, I look up and I'm 67. I don't feel it. I said, where did the time go? But I can remember when my grandson was sick and I was praying. I remember those times when my daughter was sick and I was praying. You know, I remember when my mother died. You know, all this stuff. I remember the good times too, but them bad times stick with you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you relish those good times. Yeah. You relish them. You enjoy them. You say, oh, nigga, you ain't doing nothing but lying and laughing and, you know. <laughs> 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 you know, huh? It ain't that important. Oh, don't get mad. <laughs> Shit. You, okay, get mad if you want to, but it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> But don't, you know, don't believe, I am a God-fearing woman. And I made a mistake. And everything in me told me not to go this way. It took me 10 years to right that wrong. Mm -hmm. And I remember it, too. And I will never, you don't want to make that mistake. Mm -hmm. I was young enough to live through the correction. Some people ain't don't get a second chance. You went against God or something, or I went. I got married. That's with my husband. My second husband knew it was wrong. Knew it. Knew it. Did I say know it? Knew it was wrong. <laughs> so, uh, with all that it, I incurred, it took me ten years to get out of it and write that wrong, and. Fix it so that my daughter didn't feel it. Mm. So I worked double hard. I stayed up nights. I I just made it hard for myself. It made it hard for myself. Financially, emotionally. You can do that. But anyway, we got to go. Yeah. So (laughs) that's all the time that we have for the What Is Life podcast, episode four. Any final words you want to give to the people? I love you and pray, follow God. He wants you to be happy. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in and stay tuned for episode five. Thank you, Aunt Gwenny, for joining the podcast and being our very first guest.